And welcome into Poke the Bear episode 126. That is Connor Ryan, Evan Marinovsky. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great, Connor. You dropped a big piece of news earlier this week on Tuesday that you are, you have a new job. First of all, congratulations. I think I speak for all of the listeners, as well as myself, many others, very well deserved. Uh, it's been a long time coming and we're very, I'm very happy for you. And, uh, you know, how's it feel? Pretty good, Evan. Pretty good. Um, yeah, it was been an interesting couple of weeks. Um, definitely a very tough decision to, uh, you know, move on from Boston Sports Journal. But um, again, eternally grateful to Greg and everyone else who works there, who work extremely hard to bring you in-depth coverage night in and night out, um, you know, for Greg to take a chance on me four years ago and kind of give me the keys to a, a beat job um, full-time covering a team like the Bruins was definitely a leap of faith, but hopefully I've, uh, you know, answered the call in that regard. And I'm proud of the work I've done there of the audience. I hope I've built and, you know, interacted with and, you know, I'm going to keep going forward with. Um, so it's been Fantastic run. Again, grateful to Greg, everyone, Sean, John, uh, Brian, Rob was there. Um, you know, there's so many people along the way that have helped me out tremendously uh, during my time there. So very thankful for that and excited to uh, take my talents, I guess, uh, Boston.com in the next couple of weeks where I'll be, uh, again, focusing on Bruins, but also doing a little bit of everything, whether it's Celtics, Red Sox, Patriots, whatever's kind of out there, whatever interesting news stories are uh, out there that people are talking about. I will be right in the thick of it with that. So really, really excited to get started. But um, for people who are worried about the the dearth of Bruins content or anything like that, we will again, keep you updated. I announced it on Twitter, but uh, to the, to the doom and gloom of the haters, we will be continuing our podcast seven. So I'll still be on Bruins beat. Of course, we'll still be running poke the bears. That will be going strong. I will still have my daily musings, tweets, uh, gifs, horrible memes, all that stuff daily for the Bruins. And as I said earlier, we'll still have plenty of Bruins content rolling out over boston.com that I'm excited to share in uh, the weeks and months ahead. So again, um, to be in this spot, you know, again, thank you, thankful for BSA for taking a chance on me, but also to the readers, the listeners on this podcast, everyone that's interacted and helped, you know, grow my profile as well. I mean, I wouldn't be in the spot without your guys' readership, views, listens, all that stuff. So very, very thankful for quite a few things these days, Evan. It's a good time. Yes. Thankful. It's a good time. I mean, again, uh, you look at, I will always be impressed that, you know, you took the job and uh, you really made it your own. I mean, you you, know, you went up against The Athletic, which was also subscription-based. Bruins serve, you know, not just Bruins, just like PSJ has all the sports. And you competed. You were right in there and did an outstanding job. And what else is there to say? You've grown your profile a ton in the past four years. You've worked your ass off. And I'm so happy for you. And I'm also so happy that we get to continue doing this. Hell we yes. both got new jobs in the last three months and both the train we, keeps on rolling. We both said, can we please continue to do our podcast and credit to both of our employers? Uh, they yes. said yes. Um, so really fun. We get to continue doing this. Um, and I look forward to seeing everything you do at boss.com and all the great work you do and across the other sports too. some Red Sox, Celtics, Patriots, maybe some revolution. I don't know. Maybe not everything. But- we'll see. It's it's a another it's a creative part, thing. It's a fun part of the job, right? You never it know is. what each new day is going to bring you. Oh, it's it, you know 
It's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Yes. Um, anyways, though, a very happy for you. And again, well-deserved. Um, you know how I feel about that. Um, but anyways, on to Bruins news. Uh, there isn't a ton, but there's new developments. Pavel Zaka, we talked a little bit about this on Bruins Beat, um, continues to be a very good secondary option for, for the second line. Now, we talked a little bit about kind of, you know, do you want him long term? Um, but for right now, that seems to be working out pretty well. Yeah, I think you look at it and let's not, you know, mix things up here. Like the Bruins, when they're at their full strength, when they're playing at their highest ceiling, it's when David Krejci's entrenched in that second line spot. Like, yes, he's had a few lulls in scoring. He's fought through a little bit of injuries. But when he's out there in the second line anchoring that group um, and controlling the pace of play, setting up players, um, that's when the Bruins are at their best. So make no mistake about that. We're not talking about a in-season succession in terms of who's taking over the second line role. But I think if you're the Bruins, you have to be very pleasantly surprised at what a guy like Pavel Zaga has provided this team. I mean, this is the guy that when the Bruins traded for him was viewed as a maybe a bit of a project. You didn't really know exactly what yet you had in him, but offered a lot of promise beyond just the the first round pick, the top 10 pick and those things. He seemed like a guy that just in a change of scenery could give you 35, 45-ish points, right? Um, and a guy that could be kind of a, a versatile weapon up and down the lineup. And yes, he's been good in the third line in those spots. Uh, I think we spoke about it before with Zaka that a lot of his play along the boards, finer details, stuff that maybe doesn't get recognized has been impressive though. It's like, you know, may not even be accounting for a secondary assist, but he does little things that lead to a lot of really promising ozone chances. But yeah, when he's been slotted up into that, uh, top six role in place of Krejci. Um, he's been money. I mean, I think it's been five games that Krejci has missed due to injury. And in every single one of those games where Zaka's taken over for him, he's recorded at least a point. I think it's six total points in five games. And it's not like he's getting, you know, just like, you know, give me, uh, you know, secondary assist or what have you. He's setting up guys. I mean, he had that great setup on forward school. Um, he's had a lot of really good plays, keeping the puck in, uh, fighting down low, just doing all those things that can contribute to a line, especially when, in Zaka's case, you have a guy like Jake DeBrusque or Pasternak or Taylor Hall on his line. Like, he's he's playing right with these guys, and they're helping elevate his play as well. But if you're the Bruins, you have to be thrilled. I mean, this is a guy that – in the best case scenario, he's probably still on that third line, but wherever they put him, he's been very productive. I mean, again, I just, you know, we, to me coming into the season, and this kind of leads into our next discussion of, you know, do the Bruins regret not signing him long-term? Because again, he's on a one-year deal. I still, even as good as he's been this year, I still come from the perspective of it's probably a better thing they didn't sign him long-term. Um, yes, he may get himself a very big payday at the end of this year um, that would have been more than if he signed a long-term deal last off season. But I think at the time, and maybe we shouldn't go off what we would have thought at the time, but I think at the time they said, here's a five year. What do you want to say? Like 25, $30 million deal. That would have been a lot. But if they did, if that's what they did, we'd be sitting here going up, you signed another, you know, borderline, Top two six. C, three yeah, C, yeah, probably a three C or a three left wing for five, five and a half million a year would kind of be like, why'd you do that? Now, again, if he plays like this, then it's worth it, right? And would say, okay, well, that contract's worked out. But I still think they've made the right move in saying we're going to judge off of this year. Now, again, it could just be he's in a contract year. That's, you know, part of the wheelings and dealings of these things. Um, but I still don't, I, I, 
I think it's still for the better that they didn't sign him long term heading into this year because also you are still tight against the cap. <laughs> right. That's another aspect. Is what is your what is your take on this? Yeah, I think it's one of those ones where you know hindsight's fifty fifty in terms of because as you said, if the Bruins signed him to like five million dollars a year on a long term, oh, deal, Twitter people, would have exploded. Yeah, because again, he was one of those guys that when they traded for him, had promised people like, all right, new spot, you know, higher up in the line, maybe he'll do well, maybe he'll be a guy that again, I don't think people were expecting him to break out for 60 plus points but if he could be just a really useful middle six weapon they'll take it but for five million for a guy that hadn't proved that baseline before and if you ask devil's fans on twitter it's like this guy yeah i think we were talking about was robbing banks yeah of anyone (laughs) who is on this bruins team i feel like zaka's one that gets the most pushback from like when you tweet about him and it's not from bruins fans it's from it's literally from a, a spot where it's devil's fans talking about his you know past maybe underwhelming performances. But, I mean, so far, one, it's worked out well for the Bruins, but you couldn't really lock him into that deal. Now, if it was a five-year deal at, I don't know, 4.125, 4.4, something like that, maybe then you could find that happy medium. But, again, I don't think the Bruins were – I think Bruins on the list would rather have been like, all right, let's lock him in for one year, you know, kick that can down the road because we also have – you know, to fit in Bergeron and Krejci's contracts. We have to still deal with Pasternak, which is not resolved. Like, there was far more important things, I think, on the to-do list, but it does raise, you know, it brings up an interesting kind of conundrum when you look at this upcoming season because, yes, not a lot has changed in terms of still got to deal with Pasternak, which, again, the price still goes up there. You still have to worry about Bergeron and Krejci, whether it's, are they coming back? If they are, you still have to deal with that bonus overage money that even if they do come back, you have to tack that, on top of it, not great. And also now for Zaka, it's one of those things where, and I think it's a good problem to have here the Bruins where he's looked pretty good in the in those top six roles. For the first time in a while, you at least have some other piece that you can look to the future and be like, well, that could be an option. That's not to say that Zaka is David Krejci or he's going over an 82-game season, all of a sudden break through and become a 65, 70-point scorer. We're not saying that, but... At the very least, he gives you options there. If you're looking at that kind of bleak landscape and both or maybe even one of Bergeron or Krejci retires next year, retaining a guy like Zaka stands as a pretty prudent move to at least keep some level of structure in place there without having to trade for Bo Horvat or you trade for Clayton Keller in the off or one of the many guys that I'm sure we'll talk about this offseason uh, if it comes to that. But um, that's a thing for, yeah. Zaka is a useful piece, and I'm sure the Bruins would like to keep him. But in terms of where their mindset and where their priorities were, especially uh, back in the summer, made sense that, you know, settle for a little bit of a pay bump, one-year deal, prove it, and accept the potential ramifications that come with it. And I wouldn't call it ramifications, but it's a scenario they could have seen happening where he was, you know, putting himself in line for a nice payday, and hopefully the Bruins can uh, can meet it when they get to uh, free agency. Safe bet. That when it comes time to pay Pavel Zaka, he will get paid. We're talking really safe bets. And by getting paid, I mean like a lot. I don't mean like, you know, someone's going to pay. Someone will will offer him a contract of employment. There will be a contract sent to him at some point. We're talking really safe bets. Talking about our good friends over at Bet Online. Right, you are, Evan. Listen up, guys. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Over at BetOnline, you can still find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, the latest fighting news, NFL bets, and yes, with the NHL back, even more wages and odds. 
BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code CLNS50. Bet online with the game stats. Stats. Where the game stats. Um, you hit on it a little bit there with Zaka as a potential 2C in the future, right? Like He's not, I, I don't think Bruins fans are like, oh, that's the official 2C of the future, you know, right? But at the same time, I think there's a little solace in if Bergeron and Krejci do retire or if one of them retires, he at least fills a hole, you know? And I think like it's not, you know, oh, Stanley Cup is officially on with Pavel yeah. Zaka as a 2C, but you can see it, right? Like it makes sense. Um, and the, and the proof is there so far that it's been working, you know, and let's say, you know, next year it's, I don't know, a second line of, you know, Hall, Zaka and, uh, and, and, um, and Pasternak, right. If Pasternak's yeah. still here, it's <laughs> a question. We'll see. Um, we'll see about that one. But if that's the second line and your first line is, you know, Martian insert center and, uh, DeBrusque, that's again, if Bergeron and Krejci decide to retire, you know, you can find a way to get by with that. And I think we've talked about this a bit, like as long as they re-sign Pasternak, they have four very good top six wingers in Marshan, DeBrusque, Pasternak and Hall um, that you can, that, that can kind of elevate any center. We saw it with Eric Hollow last year. Now, um, are you Stanley cup contenders with it? I don't know. That's going to be hard to tell. It's going to depend on, you know, how Zaka does the rest of the year and who's actually the number one center. But I still think that, you know, you can, you can make the playoffs at the very least with that. Um, which is why I don't think they're going to fully, you know, stink if Bergeron and Krejci do retire next year. But that is stuff that we'll get to later on this season. We're not going to jump too far ahead. Let's look towards this season. Um, They're rolling. Everything's working. And it's been that way since night one of the season. This is this isn't even a hot streak anymore. This is just everything is is firing. It's December. We're recording December 15th. It's just they're rolling. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like. No one could have seen this coming. We've talked about this a thousand times. Nobody could have seen this coming. But is there an Achilles heel to this team that you see? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I did my latest Q and A over at PSJ, and a lot of the comments were again positive. And as you said, there's not a whole lot to complain about. But I think it's just that inherent fear in Bruins fans of something going wrong down the road, right? Of like they're going great. When they get to the playoffs, like I think there's always that little like bubble of fear that's kind of just hanging in the back of your brain that you're worried is going to get uh, exposed at some point. I think for me, if you're looking at one ear, they need to like tighten up or they just need to get their ducks in a row. I think it has to be the goaltending in terms of Jeremy Swayman. Like Lane Zolmark's playing great right now, but if there's one person I think you need to get right, and there's very few that are in that kind of category, it's Swayman and Greg Smith, really, right? Greg and again, Smith's who, kind of been noticeable, though, in the past couple of games yeah. he's been. He's done like, his job. He won't be in the lineup uh, against the Islanders, but I still think – or not the Islanders, the Kings. Kings, yeah. But he's done – you know, I've noticed him at least. I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah. and so I think for, for Swayman, it's a, it's a spot where, yes, I, we, we've talked about this before, but um, Oldmark's playing great, is putting himself in contention for, for getting, you know, Vezina consideration, I think would be well-deserved, um, but – Last thing you want to do is roll him out there 60 plus, you know, games during the regular season and him running out of gas. This is a guy that 
has been very good. You know, he's shown promise throughout his career, even when he was on some very bad teams in Buffalo. But the one thing that you don't really know about him is how much of a, a workhorse he can be in terms of when he gets to the grind of the postseason. This is a guy whose career high in games played was 41 last year with the Bruins. Like, this is not a guy that you want to have him be running on fumes by the time you get to April and May. Like, we saw that in years past with some very good Tampa teams where Vasilevsky plays a whole lot. Runs out of gas. Doesn't mean he's not a good goalie. It's just you can't tax these guys to that extent, and especially a guy like Olmark who hasn't really been pushed that much before. So I think for the Bruins, it's not always important to get Swingman right in terms of his own play and getting confident and being a guy that can give you kind of that, you know, two-headed monster in net, um, which is what the Bruins are hopeful for. Um, and again, Swingman's a guy that, even though there's been some rough games, firm games, you'd like to have a few goals back. It's not like he's regressing where what you've seen, you know, in flashes in previous seasons is all but gone, right? Like he's just working through a few things as is the case with every young goalie. I think that is kind of learning the ropes up in the NHL and fighting through teams, getting the book on you and what have you. But I think if you're the Bruins, it's all about getting swimming, right? Getting him playing confident, having him take on more uh, games down the stretch here, not only to, you know, have him playing at a high level, but also relieve some of the pressure on Olmark because, I don't think it's a stretch to say right now, if the playoffs began, it'd be Omark going the whole way. <laughs> really? And the last thing you, yeah. And the last <laughs> thing you want to do is have him be in a spot where he's, uh, he's taxed or he's not playing at his highest level. And in order to do that, you need to give him a little bit of rest and ease up that workload down this kind of the dog days of the regular season. I have the same one. I was going to say, if Omar starts to struggle, um, that's going to be a real issue because Swayman has not found his, his grip yet. I will do something different, though. We like to always alternate answers, and I'd rather not say just say, oh, no, I agree, it's the same thing. Um, my Achilles heel, and is a little bit down the road, but uh, we mentioned it earlier, but Pasternak is still not re-signed. As of recording this, he is not re-signed yet. Now, um, there doesn't seem to be any progress, publicly at least. There's been no real talk of it. Um what happens when you get to the trade deadline? Now, they're not trading him, but is there an argument to be made that, you know, if if he is going to leave in the offseason, which again, there's no indication that he will, but he's not signed yet. If the if the Bruins think, hey, there's a, you know, some team's going to offer him a ton, you know, we can't really offer him a center of the future, he might leave. You know, is there going to be that talk of trading him? Now, they shouldn't trade him. You're trying to win a Stanley Cup this year. You're not like there's no Superstar for superstar deal you can do that even matches it. Pasternak is your guy. I am not advocating for trading David Pasternak. That is, trading him would be so stupid. Like, crazy levels of dumb. But I am curious if there's any talk about that. You know, like, remember um, in the 2020 season, there's a little talk of, should the Bruins trade Krug, you know, get something for him before he leaves in free agency. That was a little more sure that he probably wouldn't come back. Um, And that was even before COVID hit. Um this is different, but I think also you look at Calgary and you see Goudreau kind of just walking away uh, and they didn't get anything for him. But again, that's part of the deal here. Yeah. If Poshrock delivers you a Stanley Cup and God forbid leaves in the offseason, well, at least you got a Stanley Cup out of it, right? right. Um, and then on top of that, and this is more general, um, with the deadline, com- you know, with it coming up, uh, most likely if they're going to go out and get people, even if it's just depth players, uh, they're going to have to do some salary cap work, um, whether that's sending players away waivers whatever uh disrupting locker room chemistry um that's something to think about you know again that's not huge you know but again i mean they seem to be a pretty tight-knit group 
They're playing for each other. Uh, they like their coach. If one of them gets dealt away for, you know, just to, to free up space, if they went out and got like a Jonathan Taves or something like that, uh, which we'll get to again as the deadline gets closer and closer, we're not there yet. We're not going to sit here and discuss names of people that they could get. Um, I, I don't know. It's something that I think could be an issue. I don't think it derails the season. Something to watch. Something to watch, which uh, always fun. Always fun to look for Achilles heels, Connor. Isn't that fun? It's like we uh, have like a nice like podcast. Like, oh, congrats on the new opportunity. Everywhere. Keep on rolling. By the way, this team might be in trouble. <laughs> We're keeping it rolling, Evan. Pasternak traded. Goes, you know, signs with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and that we're couldn't back, happen. Baby. Yeah, yeah, we're we're back in midseason. This isn't, form this isn't here. going away. <laughs> this isn't. Uh, anyways, Connor, uh, what can people look forward to from you uh, in your last, like, you know, week or so at BSJ? Yeah, we're gonna keep the uh, content train rolling on. Uh, we're gonna still have all the uh, daily coverage over at BSJ, whether it's game reports columns uh some features q a's all that stuff everything you can expect from uh the in-depth coverage we have here at bostonsportschannel.com so please subscribe at bostonsportschannel.com both this weekend even when i uh make my move onward please subscribe because there's a lot of people doing a lot of great work there as well um so please subscribe over at bsj if you want to follow me on twitter you can at connor ryan underscore 93 Go do all that. That's Connor Ryan, Evan Marinovsky. You poke the bear listeners. Have a great rest of your week.